Welcome to Write Way, a podcast that empowers writers to become successful authors by offering a truly no-bullshit look behind the curtain of the publishing industry. Tell me if this sounds familiar. You want to write a book, but you have no idea where to start. Should you hire an editor? Should you just self-publish? Should you just give up and hide under a rock? Write Way is here to put the power back in your hands. I'm your host, Rhea Fry, a CEO and founder of writewayco.com and a published author myself. I teach one thing. Writing is about more than just craft. It's also a business, and it's imperative to understand the ins and outs of this industry so that you become your own best advocate. So if you're ready to stake your claim as an author, let us show you exactly how to do it the right way. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Right Way podcast for whatever month it is. I actually don't even know. What month? Oh, it's July. It's July. Yes, July. Legitimately not as big of a problem with the months, but I'm telling you, trying to keep track of days of the week is like, I've just surrendered that. I'm just like, all right, we're not even doing days of the week anymore. Nope. Well, yeah, we'll just move on to the next. Next. We're not doing. Next. Not doing much of anything anymore. Uh, How are you? I'm surviving. How are you? Great. Same. Same, same, Amazing. same. Um, <laughs> guys, we hope this doesn't... I feel like we've opened like every every episode that we've done in quarantine opens in that same way. What's <laughs> happening? What? Who are we? What is even going on? I have not murdered anyone yet. Okay, so see, now is... I think that's a worthwhile update. I think, yeah. It's Number of close. days in quarantine, Rhea has gone without murder. Oh, I mean, I haven't been alone since... I was trying to think back, like... Just me alone in a house, in a room. It's been since February, I think. Um, you know that saying, the uh, where they, the unobserved life isn't worth living? I think, they, I think they're wrong. I think the alone life or the lonely. I mean, I, I'm just, well, you're alone, mostly. I mean, you have your family, though. Yeah. Are you ever alone? Yeah. No, not really. I, I got eyes on me all the time. Eyes on you. Good God. It's, it's just something else. Um, but... Today, yeah, <laughs> we're going to talk about some some awesome stuff. We're going to kind of piggyback off of our last episode where we were talking about the best way to pitch agents. And I, I feel like we talk a lot about the industry and like getting to that point of getting an agent or getting a um, an offer on your book. But what we often don't talk about is once you make it to that stage, what should you ask these people before you sign a contract. We've also talked a lot about contracts and getting a lawyer and all of those things, but there's kind of this missing step I feel in the process of knowing exactly the questions to ask when you get on the phone with someone or when you're going in person and are possibly going to enter a working relationship. There's a huge set of questions that you should ask and luckily for you, uh, we have all of those questions we're going <laughs> to go over today. And I, I think it's interesting. I do think it's interesting that in this time of like great uncertainty, we're sort of tackling some very certain topics uh, on the road to getting published. And obviously this isn't to suggest that um, this is only to suggest that these are the questions that you may not even know to ask. And we're we're sort of betting on that, that you probably don't even know that this is a question worth asking, but Obviously, in Rhea's like long uh, experience, 
um, in this marketplace and in this business, uh, I think you've put together a really comprehensive list of bases to cover when you're when you're up to bat. And actually, I can't even take credit for this because in our digital course that we created, my literary agent, Rachel Beck of Eliza Dawson Agency, she I asked her, I emailed her and was like, hey, would you be willing to put together a list of questions that authors should ask before they sign with a literary agent as well as a list of questions to ask before authors sign with editors? And she was like, oh, my God, yes. So she actually devised this list from a completely professional place of what she feels authors kind of don't even think to ask. Um, and a lot of these questions, when I was going through them, I was like, oh shit, I didn't ask any of these questions. Um, so this is so great to know because um, I've mentioned before that sometimes I hop on the phone with our clients and prospective agents that they may or may not sign with. And while so many or so many authors are just hungry for that yes, like, oh my gosh, I have interest. I'm just going to sign no matter what. I can't tell you how many horror stories I've heard where an author is so eager, they say yes, they sign the contract, and then they don't either hear from their agent or maybe they sign with a, a publisher and something goes sideways with that contract or people just drop off the face of the earth or they don't like the way they're being treated. So having a very um, interactive conversation and a, a real two-way conversation, you know, really, really sets the stage for this long-term relationship that you're going to enter into. And you need to go into it with eyes wide open. And I feel like so many of us are just in awe or so excited or like, our dreams are right here. They're like right here if I say yes. So I just have to say yes. Or some sometimes not even excited. Sometimes I think there's like this weird feeling of inferiority where we don't even think that we, that we're allowed to ask any questions, and and the reality is, is if you're going to be a contender, be a contender, and don't get in the ring without lacing up your gloves, well, right? And this I is mean, your career; it's not their career. Yeah. It's it's not the agent's yeah. career. It's not the editor's career. It's yours. So it is your material that you are going to be potentially selling it, and you need to come to the table as you would in a business exchange, and and really show up prepared. So. We're going to kind of toggle back and forth um, with these questions, but we're going to start with what authors should ask an agent, a literary agent, before they sign. And the first one is well, kind of a basic one, but really asking, you know, what is different about you or your agency from all the other literary agencies out there? And let me tell you, there are so many literary agencies out there. And I think that's a really important question to ask because you don't want to just get kind of lost in in the sea of clients. Like if you have a literary agent who has 300, 300 clients, that's a little extreme. But, you know, you want to make sure that they understand their value proposition and they are telling you why they stand apart from the rest. And they should be able to answer that very, very yeah, that's quickly. Their sale, that's their sales pitch to you. That's their sales pitch for their agency to you. And definitely let them do that and expect that from them. This is where they show you what they offer uh, in terms of their roster, in terms of, you know, end-to-end -end sort of uh, their end-to-end -end service in terms of, 
taking a, taking a book out now you know not to like equate it to like buying a car it, this is this is that negotiation process kind of. but yeah but kind of and <laughs> right. you should be listening this is the question where you should be listening for all the things that you want and going in you know another good piece of advice is you should have a sense of the things that you want it's okay to to you know write down your wish list uh, of what you want from an agency and uh, you know as they're giving you their sales pitch you you start checking stuff off and if it doesn't meet your standards then it's you know don't be afraid don't be afraid to be choosy don't be afraid to yes be like saying no is an option i know we feel like oh i've got a bird in the hand um I had a client reach out who wants a really esteemed career. She wants to quit her corporate job and she just got an offer from a small publisher. She doesn't have an agent and she's kind of debating what to do because it's like, oh, well, I have an offer. Probably she probably won't get an advance. Her book probably won't be in bookstores. And you have to be willing to really say no to things that aren't going to get you to your ultimate goal. And that might and mean that's that you a have scary to, thing. It is, might, it is a scary might feel thing. Very scary. We it might understand that, but yeah, it might feel like, oh, but what about if I never get interest? What about if I never get another yes? And if you really approach this, as we've always said from the beginning of this podcast, as a business, and you do your research and you talk to other people and you really entrench yourself in all of of this strange, crazy world, you will become more more confident and you will be able to, you know, not be afraid to say no. Well, and I've always thought that, and I, you know, this is coming from a person who is literally the worst at saying no, but, um, I, <laughs> but I, um, I think that a career is, uh, made just as much by the things you say yes to as the things you say no. A hundred percent. For sure. I mean, you and I are so shitty at saying no to things. And I really reached a point where I'm like, I just keep saying yes to so many things. And I've gotten very clear on, no, this is how I want to work. This is the balance I, I really want in my life. And I say yes because of the money. It's always financial for me. Like, no, we need the money. We need the money. We need the money. Like, I got to say yes. I don't have a, a choice. And when you say no, sometimes to these lower weight things, that bigger yes comes along. And it's just the same with your career in your industry. Some agents are better than others. Some publishers are better than others. Some editors are better than others. And you have to really go with your gut on this um, and not be afraid to say no. So moving on to the second one. Jill, you want to take this one? Uh, what is your style as an agent? Uh, what this refers to is um, how the agent deals with your your manuscript. Uh, are you, you hands-on editorial or do you let the editor do all the editing? Um, so this, this is a great question because it's going to give you uh, hopefully, you know, if the, if the agent is forthright with you, if the rep is forthright with you, this is going to give you some kind of sense of their involvement in your work. Um, Rhea, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, like, what do you, what do you prefer from an agent? Yeah, I would not say yes to an agent unless they have some sort of editorial background. Um, I've mentioned this before. My agent was an editor for five years at Harlequin Books before she became an agent. And having an editor as your agent or someone with 
editorial experience makes all the difference because if you're a nonfiction author, that means that they can really help you tweak and refine your book proposal. If you're a novelist, then they will help edit and perfect your book before it goes out to pitch. Uh, but a lot of agents are not hands-on. They're too busy. They don't have time to really dive into your material. So you've got to figure out if that matters to you or not up front. And again, remember, all of these agents are working for free. So, um, you know, the boutique agency that I started out with, Holloway Literary Agency, I could not believe how hands-on they were with their material and perfecting it and getting it right, which would sometimes take months and months and months of free work on all of these authors' Um, manuscripts until they got them sold. So they went way above and beyond. Um, and I think it really mattered when it came to pitching and selling projects. So that is such an important question to ask. And hopefully the agent will will answer you honestly. Um, there's a really big nonfiction agent I pitch a lot of my clients to, and she's very forthright. Like, I do not edit. I am not hands-on, but I will get your project sold. So you've got to kind of weigh out what's important for you if you if you want the hand-holding in the editorial realm or or not. Well, again, and that goes back to like, you know, also going into these negotiations, going into these interviews, these back and forths with a good sense of what it is you're looking for, of what's important to you. Completely. From a rep, yeah. Definitely. So third one is what experience do you have selling books in this genre? One of the Very most important <laughs> one of the most important questions to ask. I mean, hopefully you're not submitting to an agent who hasn't sold a book in your genre. Now, some agents are really looking to branch into other realms like if they're if they mainly are representing fiction, Perhaps they're branching into nonfiction and they're really, really hungry and they want to acquire, but you want to make sure that they've sold books in your genre or competitive titles in your genre, or they rep similar authors to you. Or if you're a new author, maybe they rep some authors that you really, you know, look up to and aspire to be like, but it's a very straightforward question. Um, usually you can, you can answer this question before you even talk to an agent by doing the research on the website and looking at their list of clients or seeing what books they've sold. So a little of the, some of this you can do ahead of time, but super important question. Great, great, great. Next up, uh, what publishing houses do you anticipate submitting to? Another unbelievably important question and probably one where the answer is going to tell you, actually tell you a lot about, who you're who who you're talking to, who you're interviewing with at that moment in time. Oh my gosh. Don't ever sign with an agent who's not gonna give you a list of editors that they're pitching to, or they should have ideas right off the top of their head, like, ooh, I have a relationship with this editor or this editor, or I know this editor is acquiring and is so interested in your type of book specifically. So the way it normally works is when, you know, you sign with an agent, typically they would compile a list of 10 to 15 editors and send them out. But you as the client should be kept aware of who they've submitted to, who has rejected it, what their feedback is. That was actually my favorite part of the process when I first signed with my agent at the end of 2016 was just the list of the editors, like dream editors at these huge publishing houses. And then to, to get their feedback, like to see their writing, she would send me like the paragraphs of, of feedback or the one sentence or two 
Um, she kept me informed every step of the way. And that's one of her superpowers is she always has ideas um, about who she would submit to because agents and editors, I mean, that's the most important relationship. You know, um, these agents develop these relationships with editors at publishing houses and, you know, that they should have ideas off the top of their head when you are talking to them about your book specifically. Absolutely. I mean, and you know, no matter what it is you're looking for from an agent, this is the kind of thing where, uh, I, this is like, I would say the, uh, this should be an absolute on your list is you gotta, if you, if, when you're looking for a rep, you gotta have a rep with a, with a plan for you. Um, cause that relationship wholly depends on their sort of passion and, um, interest in who, who it is you are as a writer and what the, the work that you've got. And, uh, you definitely want them to have ideas. If you ask a question like that, and you have a, an agency that has an agent that has to ruminate on it for a while, I would definitely consider moving on. Completely. Um, so next one again. This is one that you can kind of probably find the answer to before you have a conversation. But you know, how many other clients do you currently have? So the big heavy hitter agents out there. Their, their client lists are usually pretty massive, and that can sometimes mean that you don't get a lot of personal attention. Again, I have another client. She's with a really big agent, and it takes two to three weeks to respond to one email. And for me, like, that's not acceptable. Um, I, you know, again, that's they're there to help you and your career and answer questions and you know, my agent is like crazy responsive. She's on maternity leave right now. I feel so bad. And we actually just had a, um, a conference call about just my career and my next steps. And she's, she's so hands-on and she's so right there all the time. So sometimes getting an agent with a smaller, more select list means you're going to get more personal attention. So the question (laughs) that you would never ask out loud, but one that really goes in tandem with this is, you know, how much personal attention do you want? Do you want to really feel like seen and nurtured and have someone who's really responsive? Or do you want like the super mega star agent who reps everyone, but that might mean you're not going to have as close of a relationship, but they're still probably going to get your book sold. So really important to consider. Yeah, we've talked about that before, and I think that's huge. I think that's that, you know, this was a conversation that uh, I think screenwriters have as well. It's like, yeah, all right, you could be with one of the big three or and maybe never hear from anybody for months and months and months uh, or get feedback from, you know, your agent's assistant, or you could settle up with a boutique agency and be one of the more formidable clients at a smaller agency. Um, you know, which is, I think, I think that kind of, we have a kind of misperception of what's, what's important sometimes because our egos get in the way. And yet another, uh, thing that we'll harp on on this podcast is as always, remove the ego and everything will be much more clear. What is important will be yes. much more clear. It really will. God, oh it's God. so hard to remember that. It's so do it. It's hard to do. So, but it's so hard to do. Um, next, and I think this uh, I think this is actually a this is a great question both for uh, literary writers uh, of all kinds and and screenwriters as well. 
will I work in any capacity with other agents at your agency or the head of the agency? If so, can you tell me a bit about them and to what extent I might work with them? Um, it's such a good question. And I feel like that, you know, agencies come in all shapes and sizes and you really will have, you really will encounter those agencies where you're going to deal with one agent, one-to-one. Um, you're never really going to deal with anybody else, but a lot of, and, but, you know, especially in, in screenwriting, I do think things are changing a lot. Um, whole agencies are more s- sort of transforming into one, like, not like a, you know, this, it makes it sound uh, negative to, to refer to it as a hive mind, but um, they're trying to align their personnel more with the ethos of the agency. Um, so, you know, at, at least in, in LA, there are some agencies that are sort of becoming their own entity and all of their work and clients sort of have some kind of a, um, there's a, a little bit of a homogeneity to it. And then in a lot of other agencies, uh, and in particular, uh, management companies, literary management companies, you will encounter the more traditional situation where you really don't deal with anybody else. You just deal with your agent or manager and they're the ones that you answer to and take the feedback from. Definitely. And, you know, I've had some experience, um, again, with the smaller boutique agency and now I'm with a bigger agency, same agent, but at the smaller boutique agency, the head of the agency actually ended up being my film agent. So I dealt with both my literary agent and my film agent within the same agency. And now the new agency I'm with, um, I actually, again, just took a call with the head of the agency and my agent to just kind of powwow about ideas. Um, so it's super cool to to know. And that, that might not be a question you would think to ask, but super important. You want to know, you know, who you're going to be dealing with and and why, really. And do you think either, do you think any... Any scenario, any response to that question is necessarily better than another? No, not necessarily. I mean, I think, you know, your main relationship is with your literary agent. Um, I think a good question would be if you do deal with a head of the agency, you know, why? Is there is there a reason? Are they going to be your film agent? Are they going to be handling something, you know, in particular? Um so no, I don't think there's there's a right answer to this, but I think it's a great question to ask. I also think I do think that a certain response to that question maybe and you know, a lot of agencies are sort of driven towards maintaining a kind of wheelhouse for themselves. I do I do think that that the only concern for me would be ensuring that I was I'm getting recognized for that I have that they are they know what my identity is. So they know how to sell me. I think that would be the only thing where I would be like, look out for yourself also in that capacity. So if you get if you get an answer to that question that doesn't rub you the right way, um, where there is a sort of um, encouragement towards a kind of conformity, you know, look out look out for who you are and who you want to be as a writer. Great advice and and so true. No matter what profession you're in, I feel like. Um, yeah, this, and this question kind of, um, yeah, yeah. So this is a great one to ask. So important that a lot of us don't think to, to even bring up, but what is your agency's track record with sub rights, including film, foreign, foreign audio, et cetera. Do you aggressively work to sell the rights you're able to retain from publishers? So publishers and and gosh, and the publishing contracts, we've talked about this a ton. They are not set up for the author's best interest a lot of the time. And they retain a 
ton of your rights. So a really good agent will kind of ask for certain things like, nope, we want film, we want foreign. Uh, Sometimes publishers, you know, only, only want certain rights and they don't want the others. But if your agency, say, has like film and foreign rights, which means they're trying to obviously land a movie or TV deal for you or, you know, get your book sold in other markets, how do they work to do that? Do they aggressively pursue that? I know right now, again, with my agency, we talked about foreign rights. That's I, I really want to sell my book in other places. I've gotten a couple of um, couple of deals in other countries, but right now those markets suck. Like everyone's having a hard time right now in general, like selling in, in other markets, which is good to know. I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't have asked because it's a part of the business that people don't really talk about and authors sometimes don't bring up. Same thing with film. Will you need to get another agent? Will you get a film agent? Will they do that for you? Do they have a film agent in house and how aggressively do they pitch for that? So these are things that, you know, especially as a new author, you might not even think think about, but it's such a great way. All of these other rights are such a great way to be able to make more money sometimes with foreign rights that any kind of sale goes back um, to make up your advance. So, you know, if you have if you get paid twenty five thousand dollars to write a book and that means you essentially have to sell twenty five thousand dollars or twenty five thousand copies before you see any royalties. If you can sell your book in three other countries and maybe that advance equals ten thousand, that goes towards your original advance to get you to your royalty rate quicker. So it's all like one big, yeah, it's one big math problem, but but it's good to know who retains what, because you as the author don't retain much of anything, but is the publisher retaining these rights? Is the agency retaining these rights? And what are they doing to sell? Um, so great, great, great question to ask. Totally. Um, next question, what is the expected time frame for submitting my good book? Good question. Gr- good question. Like, yeah, uh, and seemingly maybe not an obvious one. Yeah, completely. I mean, I think every agency or every agent um, works on a different timeline. But say you are a novelist and your book is done, obviously, before you even get an agent. You guys will work together with probably polishing it, maybe editing it once more. And you need to know the time frame before that agent wants to submit it to editors. Again, I worked with a client who has a big <laughs> has a big agent, and she has worked on her proposal for over a year. And the agent's like, "No, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll submit it. We're going to submit it. Just just do this. Just one more thing. This one more thing." And she could have had it sold like so long ago. She had another agent interested um, who wanted to sell her, like submit her material immediately. So you need to know that time frame. Are you looking at two weeks before they submit it to editors? Are you looking at six months? You know, really coming up with the game plan and not being afraid to ask about the timeline because it completely matters. Uh, 100%. You, you don't want to be working on that on your book proposal for a year for the love of god (laughs) no no you do not um and yeah the next one again kind of an obvious one but 
um, goes hand in hand with the question that we just asked. But what, if any, revisions would you like to see on my book before submission? So this feeds back into, is your agent uh, hands-on editorially, or are you going to be expected to really polish the book and get it ready yourself? So that's a question right off the top. If an agent is interested, that's one of the first questions I would ask is, what are we going to need to do to get this book pitch ready? Like, is it going to need another whole developmental edit? Does it need some tweaks? Um, So that's a great question to ask. uh, So you know what work you have ahead of you, which is usually um, endless if you're an author. (laughs) Your work is never done. Never stops. Um, This last point, uh, I think, is sort of something that we've been talking about throughout this list. Um, Encouraging authors, encouraging you guys out there to get a feel for the level of passion and enthusiasm the agent has for the book. Um, Is this just a business opportunity because they think your book could sell and make money? Or do they really have a true burning passion and love for the story and characters that rivals the intensity you feel for the story and characters you create from scratch? So I mean, I think this is huge. I think this is huge across the board. I think like, you know, again, it's a jungle out there for everybody, for all of us. And you get, and you know, we've said it before on this podcast as well. All it takes is it's something we tell our clients. All it takes is one, all it takes is one person to say yes. But also I I think you, so that makes it very easy for the moment someone does say yes, for us to just immediately and enthusiastically hop on board and I do think it is such a good bit of advice to impart to everyone to have enough respect for yourself and your work and enough passion for yourself and your work to make sure that this passion is shared, that it's not just someone doing their job. Because the an agent... An agent's passion or a manager's passion at selling you, at selling your manuscript, will be directly influenced by their commitment to it and their connection to it. Oh, and uh, I mean, you know, I I have been a telemarketer and I have sat on phones cold calling people and trying to sell something I didn't believe in or I didn't want to sell. And you could hear it in my voice. So... Really be honest with yourself when you finally, you know, when you when you get that opportunity to sit down with an agent who's interested in, in representing you, make sure that you do this due diligence and make sure that you're honest with yourself about whether or not they seem, you know, ready to 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 fight. Completely. For you. I mean, they should it should be such an engaging conversation. They should be trying to sell you. I mean, and that's. I really go back to when I was making my decision between a veteran agent and Rachel, who was, again, she was an editor and she was a newer, quote unquote, newer agent building her list. And the way that she talked about not her daughter was the way that I wanted a reader to feel about it. And I knew she was going to be so passionate to try to sell that book. And the editor she found was also equally as passionate and, you know, read that book in less than 24 hours. And like, that's what you want because these people compose your team that will then get the sales and marketing department excited about it and get the in-house publicists excited about it. And you want that level of enthusiasm there. And you can very quickly discern whether an agent is 
bananas about your material or quite honestly if they've just skimmed it and 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 you'll be able to you'll just be able to tell and that doesn't mean that they're not going to have ideas they're not going to have criticism they're not going to have feedback for you which you should always be open and receptive to of course just part of the game but but the passion is so important and i mean in a world where passion isn't often at the forefront of jobs in general because this is still a job this is such a fucking fun career path because you get to sit around and talk about characters that don't exist in real life that you made up and get other people super excited about it and have them pay you money for it like it's kind of insane but it's also so much fun and when you get enthusiastic people on your team it's just it makes all the hiccups because there will be hiccups and all the setbacks and all of that shit so much more worth it when you have a happy team around you speaking of happy team yes um, we also have a list of great questions to ask editors which um equally important the relationship between author and editor uh as as agents and and editors um obviously this is definitely more catered less catered to what we do at right way and more catered to um editors that you would that you would get through an agent or a publisher when your book is exactly so this is a very important thing an important distinction is okay so you ask all the agents uh your agent these questions or your potential agent these questions say you sign with them you get your manuscript all ready or your book proposal all ready then they're going to submit it to a list of editors at publishing houses when one of them is interested or say it's down to two editors and they're bidding on your book you will set up phone calls usually with both of these editors and i remember that moment i talked to two editors i loved them both and i had a list of questions for them but it was still i I wish i'd had this list of questions and your agent is usually on the phone too so they can kind of weigh in but coming prepared because this relationship is so important this is the person that's going to make an offer on your book and you want to make sure that you feel comfortable that they have your vision um in mind for the book and they don't want to like totally change it completely um and that they're really setting you up for success uh before you sign so the first one is again kind of an obvious one but why are you interested in working with me and on this book what grabbed you the most about it and i think for authors we can be a little like tell me what you love about my book like that can feel a little <laughs> you know self indulgent but no you again this goes back to that enthusiasm you want to know why why do they want to make an offer on this book well and also it's not it's like um <laughs> I'm not I'm not trying to suggest that it, you should be quizzing them, but it it's a test to see. I remember a, a horror story that a a friend of mine who was a, a student in a grad program for um, uh, creative writing, and he went in for his one of his final uh, meetings with he had finished his thesis which was a, a ma- book manuscript. And he was going in for one of his final uh, one-on-ones and he started asking some questions and it became instantly clear that 
there were huge chunks of the manuscript that the advisor hadn't read. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, and I'm that not, happens a lot. You like, know, you just want to be sure this is it's just a, a way to guarantee to 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 guarantee yourself that you're you're going to be in good hands. Uh, second question, what changes or edits do you think this book needs to be stronger and more marketable? And, yeah, so, so important because, you know, we talk about it a lot, but your book's going to change. It's going to change a lot. I mean, it's very rare that an editor acquires a book and they don't do anything to it. And I mean, you want it to change. You want to be challenged and, and to grow um, so this is, if they don't do anything with it, that also might indicate a problem completely. And again, just went through this with the client where her editor didn't do anything. So she actually hired us and I went through and edited the book and it's, she feels so much better about it because she wanted to see that evolution of the book. And, but you know, no, but just preparing yourself because so many authors, bless your little hearts, bless all of our little hearts. We think like... <laughs> I've written a book. I've maybe gotten it edited professionally. I've had someone proofread it or I've read it a million times or I've given it to beta readers and incorporated that feedback. I then give it to, I pitch to an agent. I get an agent. We tweak it together. I'm done. And then no, you're not done. So when you give it to your editor, you know, normally it'll go through developmental feedback. So you're going to go through another huge round of changes. And then from there, it's, you know, like smaller tweaks. And I mean, you're going to probably revisit and change that book three to four more times um, from the time someone acquires it until the time it's published. So you have to be willing to stick with this story and to be on board and to ask that question up front to know what you're in store for um, is super important just to mentally prepare yourself so you can be like totally sick of that book and never want to read it by the time it's published. <laughs> Absolutely. Great advice. Um, the third one is what marketing promotion efforts will be made in-house on behalf of this book? Great question. Uh, completely. And I don't want to say that they're going to tell you a lot of BS. Um, what they'll probably say is like, we're not to that stage yet. You will have an in-house team. We'll have a meeting, you know, a few months before the book publishes to really ramp up the in-house campaigns. Um, if you talk to most authors, uh, and, and I would strongly suggest actually, if you're talking to a specific publishing house, like an editor at a publishing house, find someone who's published with your imprint or that publisher and talk about you know, the in-house efforts. Now, these will vary based on if you get a six-figure book deal, a five-figure book deal, a four-figure book deal. They will put different effort into different campaigns, but this will help you determine if you want to hire outside help, if you want to be a hustler and like hit the ground running and do as much as you can on your own. But knowing up front and getting it in writing, like have them send you the marketing campaign like all written up have you have them send you the galley letter that they send out you know when they're pitching media um you need to be involved in this and as an author it's important to know what they are doing or what is being done so you can kind of make up the slack if and when you need that's to that's great um next question is what is your style as an editor uh are you a big picture characters conflict plot editor or more of a detail oriented line by line including grammar-focused editor. Um, great question. Maybe obvious question. Also, I think that the answer might be you'd like them to be 
both a nice even <laughs> completely a look at all of that yeah and you know gosh meshing with an edit editor's style is tricky like i hear horror stories about authors who've had four editors you know within like two years and everyone has a different style and i remember being really surprised because i didn't ask my editor anything like that and when I got my developmental edits for for Not Her Daughter, it was ma- my manuscript was mailed to me and all the edits were in cursive, handwritten on the pages. And I was like, oh, dear what God. the fuck? Like, how am I going to do this? You know, but I actually really liked seeing it all printed out. I'm very visual. So that helped me like beyond track changes. But some editors are big picture editors. So they're not going to give you crystal clear feedback. They're going to give you suggestions and then not tell you how to do it. Or some are much more focused on just kind of the smaller things. I mean, most editors at, at publishing houses, especially the bigger ones, are going to be more big picture editors because you will have a copy editor and a proofreader. Those are going to be three separate people and they're going to be three separate processes. So, but, but still knowing their style and knowing the way they like to edit. Um, I think that's a great question just to ask. So you can kind of, again, prepare yourself for what's ahead. Yeah. And I also think it's a good test if you do. I mean, I do think there are editors that are maybe stronger at one thing or another, but if you ever have an editor who says there's something of editing that they don't do, maybe, maybe look elsewhere. Sure. Sure. I mean, I don't know any editor that's gonna be like, no, I don't, I don't, I, I don't really I don't do, do that. line by no, line. No, not. Yeah. yeah that's probably never going to happen. But, um, next question is logistically, how will we work on edits digitally or by sending hard copy markups through the mail? Again, very important to know, you know, is it going to be all in track changes? I would also, you know, ask about the timeline for this. So when you submit your manuscript to them, how long is it going to be before you even get these edits back? Is it going to be two months? Is it going to be four months? Sometimes they can't tell you, but because you will have a pub date, like you will have a publication date, um, they usually work on like a 12 month cycle. So you should know like, oh, it's going to be two months. And then you will receive my editorial letter and my manuscript in track changes on Microsoft Word. So just getting getting the protocol down um, so you can, you know, know what to expect rather than just like waiting on pins and needles and not knowing what's going on. Which, uh, which that ties right in with the next question, which is how many edit rounds do you usually do with your authors? How many chances will I have to review Catch New Things? This is another great question just to know what, you know, this gives you a sense of the timeline. This gives you a sense of turnaround. This gives you a sense of how long you or your editor is going to be sitting with the manuscript. And if you're like most writers, I mean, I don't know a a writer that doesn't look at their material and want to change something every time they look at it. So typically it goes, you know, you'll turn it in, you'll get your manuscript back and and this is the chance to make the big developmental edits or sometimes you have to completely rewrite or rework your material and you'll get like a few months to do that then you turn it in then they read it again and sometimes you have to go through another round of developmental edits most likely you're going to move on to just like cleaning things up it'll go to a copy editor you'll have another chance to look at it to make small tweaks like i'm talking words, you know, some sentences, cutting things, adding a few new things, and then it'll go to the proofreader. And this is the time where you really can't change much of anything. You're just 
you know, catching mistakes. So again, you'll have probably, you know, three to four times to look at it. Um, but your substantial changes only really become or, or only really come in the beginning, like with those that first big developmental edit. And then last. Oh, sorry. Were you going to say something? No, oh, no, okay. I was not. OK. OK, great. I, I was going to say <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Value. Nothing. Oh, please. Everything you say is valuable, Joe. <laughs> oh, Rhea, blushing. Yeah. Blushing. <laughs> Um, so last question is, do you think this book will see large support from others on the team as well, AKA marketing, publicity, art, sales, higher ups, um, in the higher departments? Uh, and this is like in the editorial department. And this is a great question. This is a hard question, I think, for an author to ask, but you need to know what kind of support you're going to get. I think all of us authors, especially if you land with one of the big five, you have stars in your eyes. You think like, oh my God, everyone's here to work for me. And, you know, they've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of authors and books publishing at all different times. And But you need to be realistic about what in-house support you're going to get. And sometimes you can tell this based on what your advance was. So... If you're in the $25,000 or let's say ten dollars to $25,000 range, I'm going to say, depending on what publisher you're at, kind of minimal to basic support. You're not going to get anything crazy. If you're more in like the fifty dollars to $75,000 range, you should get a little bit more support. And then if you're six figures and above, they're probably going to go pretty above and beyond for you. So your money kind of dictates, you know, what they have invested in this book, um, but it's still important to ask so you know what everyone is doing. I cannot say that enough. You're allowed to ask, you should ask, and it's your career here. Like, it's not theirs, it's yours. For the love of God. Completely. Yeah. Completely. Yeah, and you know, it's, I mean, and it's, it's a tough, that kind of empowerment is, a t- is, is, is tough to, it's tough to respond to someone saying like, this is your work. You should own it. You're a writer, own it. We understand that. That's why we're trying to fill that out with as much critical and crucial information, because hopefully that is the buoy that sort of lifts you up out of the water. So you can go into these meetings feeling like, you know, what's going on without yet knowing what's going on. And you may never know what's going on and that's you totally may, fine. <laughs> yeah. You, I mean, it's, it's all very, I mean, we talk about that a lot, but it's, it's just like this curtain that you constantly want to peek behind and see like, what is really going on? But you know, I'm very inquisitive and curious by nature. I like to know how everything works. So I constantly ask questions and it might seem annoying, but I don't give a shit. It's my career. I want to know so I can help my clients and I can help, you know, myself and my career and learn what to do, what not to do. Um, again, it's still a very private industry. It's, there's still a lot that I will never understand how it all really works because it's just not talked about, but what you, why not? Why not ask questions? I mean, it, you're here to learn and grow. And it's one of the only industries I know where so many authors are just kind of sitting in the dark and doing what they're told. And so much feels out of our control. And that was another piece of advice that my agent gave was, you know, the industry has so many flaws. You can't make changes to it overnight, but focus on what you do best, which is writing. Like the writing 
needs to be there. And I'm the type of person where I get so fixated on just the industry and like, ooh, how can I improve sales and who can I connect with and how can I grow my com- community of readers and writers and like, there we you know everyone says it, especially authors today. But there's so little time for writing as an author. But it's the single thing that you can do. You write better books. You're going to get better deals. And it still needs to be about the craft. It really, really does. That's uh, superb advice. Well, thanks. Um, <laughs> you, Doesn't mean you I always should, take it. <laughs> you should have some super, superb advice at this point. Well, God, you would God. think. I still don't know how to write a good first draft, apparently. <laughs> that is a lie. That is a lie. I won't <sighs> hear it. No, it's all, uh, it's all crazy. But... But we we hope this is helpful. I mean, again, a lot of questions, a lot of material we went over, and you can kind of cherry pick what you, you know, what you ask and what you don't. But but really, kind of getting acquainted with questions like this, and also, again, it always drives back to your goals as a writer. And again, this is your career, so how do you want to build it? Who do you want to build it with? And and then just like go out there and research and talk to every single person you can in this industry so that you are better equipped for your career and then also to help other people. And you can be that person, um, you know, to to share what you know. I think I think that's so important. And we can constantly like give back to authors or aspiring writers with just information. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, if you do want any, if you do have other questions out there or you do need clarification on anything we've gone over in this episode, on this episode or any of our other episodes, you can feel free to reach out and email us. Um, we are, we, you can message us through our website. It's rightwayco.com, W-R-I-T-E-W-A-Y-C-O.com. Um, and we're always willing to, to rap about the process and rap about writing and answer any questions and try to clarify what it is we're talking about or if we can empower you in any way um that's kind of what we're here for and if maybe there's something a service that we might offer at right way that could be really helpful for you in that moment and if you'd like to hear more about that as well uh again you can check out our website or or email us please feel free Thanks for listening to Right Way. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and rate or review this episode. And if there's something you want to hear, head on over to rightwayco.com and let us know. Until next time.